What's up, y'all? My name's Lanre, and you're listening to In The Mix, where I get to speak with artists from all over, from all walks of life, about the music industry, our personal lives, and how they mix together. And hey, maybe you'll learn something on the way. This is a place where artists can just be artists. Welcome to In The Mix. Welcome to another episode of In The Mix. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing you guys to three very talented men, one from Texas and two from Atlanta, Malik, Vaughn, and King Darius. How you guys doing, y'all? Doing good. I'm all right. How about y'all? Man, doing wonderful, doing wonderful. How's everybody doing? Oh, I'm yeah. good, man. Cannot complain. Y'all happy as Friday? Man, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I'm one of those. <laughs> oh yeah but i'm happy to be talking to like really talented people on a friday that's how i like to end my week even though the listeners we listen to this whenever it comes out but it's very friday vibes over here y'all so, For sure. yeah sure. so i want um the listeners to get to know you guys so we'll kind of go around the horn we'll start with malik tell the listeners a little bit about yourself what you do in the music industry and you know just more fun stuff Absolutely. So, hey, y'all, my name is Malik. I'm a singer, songwriter, producer, actor and podcast host straight out of North Texas, specifically Fort Worth. Um, I've put out self put out about five albums so far and working on putting together my second music festival and acting is my first love. But music has my heart right now and I kind of bounce around all different creative things. So I just love creating. Yeah, that's impressive, man. (laughs) Good stuff. Um, and then Vaughn, tell us a little about a little bit about yourself. Um, I'm Vaughn Excellence. I'm based out of Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I started as a producer, but transitioned into a rapper. Um, I write my own songs, make my own beats, and I mm-hmm. mix my own beats. Wow, that's impressive, man. I'm a singer, uh, songwriter, and to be able to mix and master yourself is like a very and produce for yourself is like a very like coveted skill. So kudos to you, man. Yeah, appreciate it. I'm still learning on the mixing side, but yeah, I got it down packed to where I could do it for myself. Mm-hmm. That that's really good, man. You save so much time. And then uh, last but definitely not least, King Darius, tell us a little bit about yourself. Most definitely, I'm King Darius the Great. I don't mix and master my own stuff because I don't have the patience for it. But (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, definitely, man, I used to be in a group called Seaside. We had the first viral Mm -hmm. record known to man called uh, MySpace Freak back in the day. And uh, that ultimately ended up featuring Jazzy Faye Mm -hmm. on the the song as well. He actually co-produced it as well. Um, Then we had a single titled Boyfriend, Girlfriend, featuring Keisha Cole. And that shot on the top 40 on Billboard charts. Um, And then um, along the way, I had the pleasure to be able to write for different artists that I came up on and different artists that I, um, you know, just kind of uh, looked up to, such as Lil Wayne, uh, Mm -hmm. T-Pain, Flo Rida, uh, even G-Unit. and just and a bunch of other independent artists as well, because I am, like I said, a writer. Uh, mm-hmm. Now I'm a solo artist and I'm looking to really just expand my brand and promote my current single titled Self Love Re-Up featuring R&B singer Hazel B. OK, that's cool, man. What what years were those two songs like the MySpace Speak songs? That sounds really familiar. 
Yeah, that was actually back in around about like a 08. Okay. Yeah, that sounds about right. Cause that's when I was um, I think I was a sophomore or junior in high school. And I specifically remember hearing like that song. Like yeah, yeah that sounds so familiar, man. That's awesome. Oh yeah, man. Appreciate it. Like I said, it was literally viral before viral was a thing. So yeah, you know, uh, yeah, to be one of the first to actually have a song take off literally overnight. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I definitely wear that badge pretty heavily. Yeah, for sure, man. For sure. Well, yeah, you guys all have a lot going on. And, you know, one of the things about this podcast is getting sort of a behind the scenes look and not just like the typical behind the scenes look of a musician, but like things that I would would discuss with some of my musician friends. So with all that you guys have going on, I'm really curious, like, how do you wear different hats and sort of give a lot or, you know, give as much as you can to each of those you know, titles that you hold. And this can, anybody can start with this one. Um, taking lots of breaks <laughs> yes, and yeah. focusing on self-care and trying to do one task at a time because producing the song, then writing the song, then mixing and mastering the song, then putting together some kind of content for live performances and promotion is a pain, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> a labor of love, but trying to, trying to do one thing at a time and then, taking lots of breaks. Like I said, sometimes you need to just zone out for a second and then get back to it. That's been helpful for me at least. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yes. Same here, like taking breaks or, you know, getting out in the real world for a minute and like, Mm -hmm. you know, at least trying to get conversations with different type of people, you Mm -hmm. know, just to, just to bring back your thoughts. Cause like he said, it it is a lot doing a, you know, producing and trying to get out your own stuff. It's, it is a lot. It's it. Yeah, I mean, like King Darius was saying, like you also mix and master and like even me giving notes to my engineer, that's a huge time suck. So I can't imagine like you doing that and being the artist as well. So, yeah, yeah. It, I, you eventually you get used to it. But, you know, mm-hmm. over time, you it do start to get a little tedious at times. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. And I just I like to personally King Darius like to I like to learn from uh, previous artists that came before me, you know, kind of just study what made them great and things of that nature and, um, you know, apply some of those methods to myself. Mm -hmm. To like sort sort of like their work ethic and their work working habits sort of. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That that's interesting because I look up to a lot of artists like that too, where not only am I looking at what they do performing wise, I look at like how often they take breaks and what they do during those breaks. Right. Like example, like Jay-Z, like when he's taking breaks, he's usually working on the business side of things. And then when he's getting back into music it's full music mode. So for me, I was like, Oh, that's really interesting. So like you're giving your brain enough space, kind of like how you were talking Malik, just to like think of other things and, and do other things. And, I don't know about y'all, but like that helps my music be way better when I'm not locked in constantly, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's cool, y'all. So getting into the music side of things, and again, anybody can start with this. Who are some of like your biggest influences as far as like your style or your music, you know, your musical writing style or, you know, just in, in general? Everybody out the South. 
<laughs> I that. Everybody out the South, like yeah. any rapper, like, like, bro, like, bro. And even other, like, I ain't gonna lie, like, I've been inspired by a couple West Coast artists too, but like mm-hmm. the whole South, the whole Southern catalog is my whole basis for music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and myself, King Darius, I uh I definitely have a lot of respect for a lot of the Southern artists, um, just for the simple mm-hmm. fact that for so long they were uh, overlooked. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like Outkast really broke that whole notion that the South doesn't have anything to, to offer. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Cause yeah, it, they definitely do. So yeah. um, definitely give kudos to Outkast for really, kicking that door down. Um, but I also, I have Midwestern roots as well. So mm-hmm. I have to give, you know, shouts out to artists like Twista, um, mm-hmm. uh, Do or Die, you know, mm-hmm. even Bone Thugs and Harmony. Yeah. Um, just individuals like that, that, that really uh, brought in a lot of melodic styles to the, to the rap flow, mm-hmm. you know, um, even, even Ja Rule for that matter. Um, you know, people say what you want. I know he went through what he went through with 50, but uh, and 50 Cent, too, because he ultimately started doing it as well. Yeah. Um, just putting those melodic styles on um, very catchy beats and what have you mm-hmm. is something that I definitely took from and, you know, emulated within my own self and my style. Yeah. As for me, I have to say vocally, um Brandy and Khalif and Janet have my heart just from the way they layer harmonies and just mm-hmm. being trippy with how they incorporate songwriting and how they really blend and write a beat. And then on the production side, yeah. uh, definitely Timbaland and Dark Child for sure. Yeah. Dark Child is a name that I haven't heard in a long time. And that man has made like pretty much all the hits of my childhood. You know, absolutely. What he did with Brandy's sound and bringing R&B into the 2000s can't be duplicated. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that was just such a crazy time. And it's one thing that you you said, King Darius, too, that like had me intrigued. So I grew up in New Jersey and it's very obviously New York heavy, uh, like Chicago rap heavy. So my first experience with the South really was T.I., you know, like. I I considered Outkast like definitely like, you know, their Atlanta royalty, but because their sound was so eclectic, like no one's really ever done that since. But Mm -hmm. like you saw like T.I. break out with Rubber Band Man in the early 2000s. And it's like you keep seeing a new iteration of that almost every year, you know, in the South. Indeed. Indeed, man. Especially uh, Atlanta in particular. Mm -hmm. Um, Once him in particular ti broke in it was like uh the city was really really on the map at this point you know yeah from that point on uh we do a good job of keeping you know breaking artists into the game each year i i credit that to our networking ability like um in atlanta a lot of people definitely work with with each other you know um Mm. they don't it's not much hate towards each other at least Mm -hmm. from the time you're talking about leading all the way up to i would say maybe like a couple years ago it was very um you know the networking was very high Mm -hmm. and uh i think that's what continues to 
you know, keep us within the conversation at least. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, yeah, and I agree. Yeah. Well, I was just about to ask you, Vaughn, was that your same experience? Cause for me, I started, um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Patchwork Studios, but that was kind of like my first oh, yeah. exposure. Yeah. yeah. So that that was my first exposure to the industry. And like, I would go to like their networking events. I think I was like 14, 15 or so. And I remember like that kind of instilled in me, like, that's how you do it, you know, like, it, and it kind of like went digital now about like how people uh, network over their internet and like through social media and stuff. But it's really, I never looked at music as like a silo. So I never looked at it like, oh, I'm getting this done. So I'm just going to like do me and, and do it by myself. And I feel like that's a very Atlanta thing, like you were saying, King Darius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. most definitely. So Malik, how is it, you know, what's the Texas music scene like, especially like North Texas? It's still growing. I'll say, I'll put it that way. Um Typically, I, I like to play around with genres, but for the most part, I would consider myself like an alternative or a contemporary R&B artist. And mm -hmm. there's not really a big scene here. Obviously, you know, we have Erica Badu, of course, but as far mm -hmm. as places to go network and like open mics and things like that, um, the scene is pretty dry. It's pretty focused on either country music specifically or just hip hop, which kind of led yeah. me to start creating my own shows. Um, just out of necessity, honestly. And the few things we did have, COVID mm. kind of killed the last bit of them. So, <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah, that's that's tough, man. I I have a similar experience, and Vaughn and King Darius, like, tell me if I'm wrong. So, the kind of music that I do is pop R and B, right? So, it has a little bit up for everyone, but there, at least in my experience, it's not really like a whole bunch of opportunities here in Atlanta as far as like performing regularly. Um, there's definitely networking opportunities, which are great, but it's like when you're trying, to, I feel like there's a lot, it's a steeper hill as a singer here as well, Malik. Um, do do y'all feel the same way? Um, well, King Darius, he might, he, he might say the same thing, but like being here, well, I'm young. So, so I'm more so into rap. So I don't really know about singers, but as far as like rap and like hip hop here, it's mm -hmm. a lot of opportunities yeah. to be able to, you know, show your face and expand and, and get together with people. But um, I don't really know. I'm I'm a younger dude. So King Darius, he might feel differently. I don't know. He might. Um, he might. Yeah. 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 I, I could touch on that. Um, I would say, honestly, it's, it's really a, a, an industry thing. Um, mm -hmm. and it's over the years, the R&B has kind of started taking a, a back seat mm -hmm. if you're not incorporating it with the hip hop. Yeah. So, and I don't, I don't, I don't personally agree with that or like that. I don't, I'm not sure what happened over the years. Mm -hmm. Um, some of the, some of the most inspirational records in my life were strictly by singers, you know, mm -hmm. um, yeah. and I feel like we definitely should get back to that and highlighting those types of artists and that type of material because it's, it's, it's very meaningful. Yeah. Um, you know what I'm saying? Especially depending on the artist and, and who's behind it. Um, the, the writing ability when it comes to R and B is, a, is on a whole nother level as well. So um, mm -hmm. I have a strong respect for it, but 
to your point, yeah, it, it is a little scarce and it is a little bit of a more of an uphill battle for yeah. strictly singers. Um, so I, I, I agree with that. Yeah. And not to interrupt. No, go ahead. Um, to bounce off of what he said with the whole like R&B thing, because I, I respect the elders, man. I got a lot of respect for like the elders that mm-hmm. came before me that that paved the way for the younger generation but my thing with not to get political but my thing with my generation is the only reason we have lost that touch with like the old school stuff and r&b and and you know disco and all the you know drum and bass and techno and stuff like that the only reason we really lost that is because of the violence that's going on today you know um and like I say, not to get mm-hmm. political, but, you know, we got a lot of social media. So it's a lot. It's yeah. a lot going on in the world. It's a lot going on with, with the with the with the youth. You know, what I'm saying the youth has changed over time. You know, it's not like back in the day where it was more so, you know, less Internet, more people. You had to be in people's face and really see people. You know, now it's more Internet and you don't really have to see people like that. So you, you got the youth. They on the Internet going crazy, doing whatever. And with, with, oh, with that type of. Yeah, yeah, you know, like with that type yeah. of stuff going on, it, it it goes into the music. So the message in the music yeah. has completely changed into into something. Into I don't know what it has become. It's it's crazy, especially in Atlanta. It's it's crazy now. Yeah, that's a great point. Mm-hmm. I yeah, I wonder how y'all feel about that because I honestly I I've kind of felt the same way, but at the same time, Vaughn, I also feel like you're generation. So you're uh, Gen Z, right? Yes. So, and are, what generation are you, Malik? Um, you know, I was born in '97, so I'm 26. So I'm right okay. in that in between. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you you kind of like fit in both. So so my feelings are, and I'm a millennial. If uh, for clarification, my feeling is that y'all's generation are taking a lot of the like the good and leaving some of the bad. But then also because of the times that you guys are living in, like you said, Vaughn, it is also reflecting a lot in the music, especially in mm-hmm. Atlanta, you know? Yeah. Because not like people weren't talking about guns and stuff, you know, in 2007 and and up, you know? But I feel like now it's become like sort of the, because the barrier of entry for being an artist now is so low, like anybody can sign up for DistroKid and release music or go on SoundCloud and have a viral song, you know, where versus when King Darius was doing it, it was, that was a rare thing to happen. So it's like anybody coming from any different culture can just like easily get into the music industry and spread whatever message that they want, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's a little both. I think I, I give you guys more credit than that because I think you guys have a lot of cool, I, as far as like from what I've been observing, you guys are doing a lot of cool things as far as like bringing back, um, you know, uh, Jersey Jersey club music has been a big mm-hmm. one that I've seen. And, you know, uh, the fact that like hip hop is kind of, and, and I want to know what you guys think about hip hop too, because I feel like hip hop is kind of changing as well, you know, and like involving a, a whole lot more different elements to it than when i was growing up with it right almost yeah. definitely oh go ahead man my bad i know you're good um i was just gonna kind of piggyback on that a little bit and um mm-hmm. and just say that yeah while back in the previous eras of time um you know we did like you said have rappers that talked about certain you know i guess violent material or what have you but the thing was we still had other 
choices that were mm-hmm. highlighted and put on the same, you know, major platform. So it's mm-hmm. like you really had a, a, a different things to choose from when it comes to urban music as a whole. Whereas mm-hmm. now it seems at least the mainstream gives us the illusion that it can only be this way. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's where the, the problem lies when it comes to mainstream. But mm-hmm. because the game has become so independent, um, what's also true is you can actually stay true to yourself and do what you feel like you should be doing. And there are an audience for that. Um, And you can definitely touch those, those, those audiences as long as you market your material and get it out there so that it can be heard. And there's not, there's not a label that's going to, you know, stop that from happening. As long as you market yourself and your material, the way that you would like, I I believe there's an audience for everything. Yeah. Yeah. That see, and that that's what I mean by like there's good and bad with what's going on. Right. I like that point. Absolutely, because marketing is everything. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. Yeah. So when kind of going off of that, so whose fault is it exactly why the music industry is the way it is today? Because I think a lot of it is agenda too. You know, like, for example, when I was growing up, like, yeah, the biggest hip hop deaths were Tupac and Biggie for like a really long time, you know, and just in the last like five years, even I can tell you like five different rappers who have died due to violence, you know, so, you know, I can name name 15, right? Exactly. And so Malik, I mean, I like to, we can go around the horn and kind of talk about this, not to get, you know, too deep, but I feel like that's where the conversation is going. Um, But Malik, if you want to start and like, give us your thoughts. Um, You know what, that one, that's a tricky question because I do think music is kind of like an echo chamber of what's going on in the world. Right. So Mm -hmm. with that being said, we're in a really rough time. We've been in a rough time for a while. Um, so when mm-hmm. it comes to agenda and things of that nature, I think you have to realize, like, I'm only 26, but I even just talking to teenagers, like, the youth are struggling. So everything that comes yeah. out in the music is a reflection of that. You know, they're dealing with a climate that's out of whack. They're dealing with the government mm-hmm. that's out of whack. They're dealing with um, going through a pandemic and not and experiencing what that's like for the first time, going through a Trump presidency. Like, that's all mm-hmm. happening with this generation. So whatever comes out of the music is a reflection of that, honestly. And I also think um, you just have to remember, like, like I said, marketing is everything. So, I mean, it's more so I wouldn't say that the good artists or the ones who are speaking positivity aren't being supported. Mm -hmm. I think it's more so um, it's more so it's a marketing thing too, because there are plenty of dope artists, both rappers and singers who talk about positive things or talk about change. It's just a matter of going to search for them and how they market themselves. There's so many people who all they need is the right investment or the right team. So it's just right. about finding that. Right. Right. And as independent artists, you kind of have to be that for yourself. You know, like you have to believe in yourself enough to to either seek it out or just start hustling and, and figuring it out, you know? Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And we'll go to uh, Vaughn, sort of the same question. Like, is it society because of that's the way it is or is it a driver of sort of well this is what's already selling so this is what you know society as a whole is going to be like this is what 
we're going to deem to be popular? Um, I would say both because, you know, how it is now, it's not mm-hmm. like it's not like you could because what I when I watch interviews and in like other podcasts with like dudes who work with uh, rappers that try to get in the industry or want to get in the industry or want to break, uh, break through with a with a hit song. It's, it's like nowadays, since we got like I said, I'm Generation Z. So the Internet is out. So, you know, you got Instagram. So people judge you based off of what they see off the Internet. So right. coming with, you know, with that being said, um, uh, now you have to as a rapper or not even just a rapper, as a as a artist, period, for you to even get attention from people, because I wouldn't even say it's the music for you to even get attention from people. You have to look a certain type of way like you got to yeah. you got to have a certain type of like a character about you. And mm-hmm. that's why I say, I, you, you know, it's society's fault, because at the same time, I understand, you know, the industry can get crazy and, you know, what they promote and what they put out for us can get crazy. But at the same time, as people, we have mm-hmm. to learn how to, you know, look past just the look of an artist and what they have and, you know, what they flex, you know what I'm saying? It, it got to be more yeah. so like, what are they talking about? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What's the message behind what they saying? You know what I'm saying? Cause that, like, that's why I respect the people that came before me. Cause at the end of the day, yeah, it was violence and stuff and crazy stuff going on. And, you know what I'm saying? It, it was different avenues and genres, but it was still a message. There was still something being mm-hmm. said. You could learn from the music. Today, yeah. you really can't learn from the music. It's more so materialism, um, the chains, the money, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? The women, you know what I'm right. saying? It's, 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 not, it's not like, oh, you know, you know, if you do this, it's a consequence to it. It's 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 not like that. It's like it's it's like a commercial kind of like they mm-hmm. they promoting that type of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. That's interesting that you think it's a mix too, because I I tend to agree with that. And but one thing I I kind of like when it counter is like you do have artists like Tyler the Creator, right? And mm-hmm. he's you know as as rap as it gets, but he's doing it in a different way. And I think he is mimicking in a way sort of what Andre 3K did with Outkast back in the day, right? Like giving hip hop a subculture that people who don't really gravitate to like the the other aspects of it can now be like, okay, now we can talk about, you know, completely cerebral things versus, you know, like the women, the cars, the clothes, like you were talking about before. Yeah. So I, I think like each generation has those people. And I definitely think that this generation has that uh, going for it. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. And to to say that too, since I'm speaking on it, I do take mm-hmm. a little blame on being an artist that focuses on the money and the, well, you know, my new music is mm-hmm. that's white, you know, I don't really, and mm-hmm. I'm really thinking about transitioning not from a different genre, but just transitioning my whole like catalog and just what I do. But I do take a little blame as a younger artist on that, that money aspect, you know what I'm saying? The image, thinking the image matters because sometimes the image really don't matter. Yeah, And like you said with Tyler, it's the, you know what I'm saying? You could, you could be who you are and still have a fan base. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And before we get to you, King Darius, I just want to say, like, don't don't put too much pressure on yourself, man. Like we all like I can sit here and tell you 
like so many things I did when I was first starting out that was like really whack. And that was really not what I who or what I represent now. But the way the industry is like you, you kind of have to do and learn those lessons when you're first coming up so that you can learn like, okay, this is what I actually want to put into the world. And this, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's all, it's all about like the come up, honestly. So, yeah. Um, I mean, and just to piggyback on what y'all talking about, um, uh, to your point, it's like, it's like, if, like I'll use a sports analogy. It's like when you coming in and, you know, a rookie, you know, saying first year, second, third, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Fourth year player type thing. Like you're, yeah. you're coming into your own, you know what I'm saying? And you might yeah. have a more of a, a, a loose street ball type of approach to the game. But then mm-hmm. as you, as you begin to evolve within, you know, your respective field, um, you begin to see like, okay, I can be effective without, doing this i can i can i can mm-hmm. conserve my energy and use it in a different way um and still be effective and appease the listener you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. or, yeah. or you know be a um make the make these points that i need to make maybe i don't have to drive to the basket every time maybe i can you know what I'm saying step back shoot a few threes uh, assist, pass it off, you know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. still be effective and allow myself and my team to win. So uh, to your point, yeah, I wouldn't beat yourself up, uh, Vaughn, as far as like any material that you've done that you may feel like, you know, you because you it's all about elevation and evolving, mm-hmm. you know yeah. what I'm saying? And, and you can't become the artist that you want to be without being the one that you were, you feel mm-hmm. me? Most so definitely. It's, it's all a part of your whole journey. So me personally, I embrace the things that I've done in the past, even though I would never probably rap like that ever again. <laughs> but it's like to, I embrace it because it turned me into the artist that I am now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's really powerful King Darius. Cause like I'm you, when you were talking, I was just thinking, I was like, yeah, it's, there's some songs that still make me cringe that are on my Spotify profile. Like as much <laughs> as I, I definitely want to take it down. It's like, you never know who's going to connect with that. And you know, if right. I didn't have that song, I wouldn't have the songs I have today. So I definitely like that. That's really good insight. And across the board, y'all, like that was really, I really enjoyed that talk. Um, but I do want to pivot a little bit and talk about your music since we only have a few minutes left and we'll go around the horn again. So like what's been your favorite release or your favorite project so far? And like, why was it so special to you? And we'll start, we'll do it different this time. We'll start with Vaughn. Um, I think one of my favorite songs, I would say it's 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 a song, it's on all platforms, it's called Equals. Um, yeah. that was the first time I decided to come out my comfort zone. Well, it's not the first time, but it's the first time I rocked the song where I was coming out my comfort zone. And I remember when I first showed my father the song, and he was really into the song because he liked what I was. He liked the way I, I was flowing on the song. He liked the way I was, you know, what I was saying. And um, in that song, I was just, I was really just on on the just coming off my mind with, with what was going on around me at the time. I was really more on some, on some like not too conscious, but I was kind of going that way. But it was still like my own, you know, still, you know, still like you could tell, you could tell it was like I was on some younger generation thing, but mm-hmm. I still 
put the elements of, you know, the ones who came before me, I put their elements into the song a little bit, but I put my own little spin on it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And that's cool, man. I, the other day I was like listening to my first demo that I made when I was like 15 and Mm -hmm. again, was cringing the entire time listening to it. But it's funny how like when you listen to, when I was listening to it, I was like, man, I still do like my verse structure the same, you know, obviously it's a very long way, but it's like, you can hear sort of the beginnings of what you like what eventually becomes that that's really cool that that's your your favorite like on special release yeah yeah uh so king darius tell about tell us about yours yeah so this this is the uh marketing side of me that's going to come out and my favorite release is the current one yes uh, <laughs> self love self love re up by king darius the great featuring hazel b and um Honestly, um, it's, it's highly ironic. This entire conversation, it kind of is like an embodiment of what the song really is about. Um, okay. I touch on I touch on the violence in hip hop. Uh, I touch on um, being able to express love and what have you to yourself, so that you can exhibit that to others in a, in a crazy society and world that we live in. Um, it's also a tribute record to uh, my late uncle and grandfather uh, that passed away the last couple years. Um, it's like it's all of that rolled up into one uh, just big ball of positive vibration and positive yeah. energy, and, you know, a higher frequency and what have you. And um, but at the same time, it's like I try to I pride myself on um, when I make records like that to also simultaneously keep the average listener listening so it's mm-hmm. like they don't want to turn it off oh he's too conscious or whatever no you won't even mm-hmm. realize it like that because the vibe is just so like dope you know what i'm saying yeah. so yeah um and then like i said i i have a r&b singer by the name of hazel b on the record as well mm-hmm. and she delivered the chorus that i wrote in impeccable fashion so it gives you those R&B vibes that we alluded to earlier as well. Yeah. Um, and then with me uh, dropping my rap verses on there, um, it creates a wonderful contrast that actually complements one another. And mm-hmm. um, very dope record. I encourage everyone to go and stream it. <laughs> yes, yes. For and sure. The, those For kind sure. Of, the way you were describing it, it kind of reminded me of like some of my favorite like r&b hip-hop records like you're talking about ja rule like right uh, like him and ashanti like those that's like some of my first hip-hop experiences you know um yes that's really dope and you know i think when i talk about like my favorite record right when i think about it i always think about the story behind it so like hearing that you you have like like a lot of story behind like why you made it and there's a lot of like deeper meaning to it is really dope and the fact that you you're doing it in a way that's digestible for listeners i think that's you know of course that's your most recent release you know right appreciate it most definitely all right and then malik tell us a little bit about yours um you know i I would i have so many songs to pick from so i'm gonna just go with a whole project if that's okay Yeah. Um, so my latest project, Malik Period, which dropped in February. Uh, everybody go stream that if you I would really appreciate it. But uh, it is kind of like 
an accumulation of all the sounds that I've been playing around with the last couple of years on this music journey. And I really love that because I like to, I produce my own stuff. So going to the studio and just letting it flow is mm-hmm. my favorite thing to do because I love literally every type of music. There's R&B, there's pop, there's a little bit of EDM. I play around mm-hmm. with Afrobeat and it's okay. just like, just kind of let it flow and go for it. And it was just a really fun project to do. It took like two years to make and it's so far my most successful project. Um, and then a strong second favorite is my second album, Technicolor, because I was definitely trying to mimic a Timbaland sound and I came very close um, <laughs> from what from what the listeners said. So that was yeah. just fun because it was just playing in that playing in that whole EDM pop arena, something I definitely want to do more of. Yeah. Possibly doing like a future project just in that lane, I think will be really fun. But those are my favorite releases. That's cool, man. Have you ever heard of uh, Timbaland's TikTok lives? Yes, yes. I've okay. been I've been needing to like jump in one because he does like the talent competitions. He actually um, the first EP I put out of covers I did like an Aaliyah mashup, and he mm-hmm. commented on it, and that was like the greatest oh, moment dope. of my life at the time. So yeah, yeah <laughs> a couple that's... of my friends slid in his DMs and was like, "So you gonna sign him or nah?" You know? <laughs> so. So definitely somebody I want to work with and I take a lot of inspiration from. And uh, I've actually covered some of his songs as a solo artist that I would love to get cleared to use as a sample in the future. Yeah. I mean, one thing I really admire about Tim Lynn, I didn't know this about him. He's very much into like putting people on, you know, like he he's one of the titans of the whole music industry, really. And he's, you know, just to see him on TikTok, like because. I get tired of getting on TikTok live, you know, and I'm just like an emerging <laughs> artist, like let alone Timbaland. So he he like gives so much of his time and he really like he's really about putting people on that he has no idea who they are, you know. So I think that's really dope. Absolutely. Man- manifesting um, you know, us meeting and working together and him clearing that uh Amen. <laughs> that sample for yeah. sure. Yes, let's get let's make it happen, man. <laughs> Um, so yeah, before we like close out again, it's been really great talking to you guys. Like it's really special to me, like to have three black men on a call and like, just have like such really like inspiring conversations, you know, and like things that, you know, people don't really hear like black men talk about, like, let's be honest. Um, so like, again, like really like shout out to you guys. And if you guys have any projects coming up, I know King Darius, you you just talked about your latest single that's out. But if you have anything else coming up that you want the listeners to listen to and or to go to if you have shows. And then if you can shout out your uh, your social media handles, too, so that we can all follow you guys and anyone could start this one. For sure. Yeah, this is King Darius. Um, I actually do have a record that it's already finished. I'm just focusing on uh self-love re-up right now but uh you could definitely be on the lookout for it it's gonna it's called that's ai and um you know i've always been the type to just try to stay ahead of the game when it comes to subject matter and content so Mm. i'm i'm not even afraid to talk about it at this point because the record is already done and i already have a whole campaign for it and everything so uh it'll be on the way (laughs) Um, okay so, but it's basically I'm basically touching on artificial intelligence and how it's uh, raiding the music industry and mm. really just our, every industry known to man as a whole. And how yeah. how yet yeah, while certain things can be effective, um, other things can be like 
totally, totally, totally against what I believe in mm -hmm. um, as far as like taking somebody's voice and yeah. and using it for you for your project and what have you. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, having these Drake sound alikes, and, you know what I'm saying? Or, yeah. And it's like it's, it, it becomes a very slippery slope in that sense. Yeah. And uh, I feel like, you know, we need to get a handle on that before it gets out of control. Um, mm -hmm. Even when it comes to like robots serving you burgers at McDonald's, yeah, like, that's how it starts. Yeah, I, I can understand it might be efficient, but do we really want that? What if it just mm -hmm. goes crazy and decides to smack me upside my head with um, a Terminator hand? I don't right, know, right? <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm so I just I did I made a real like creative and savvy type of record, you know, talking about. AI. So it's called That's AI. So definitely be on the lookout for that. And like I yeah. said, currently I have Self Love Reup featuring Hazel B. And everyone can follow me on Instagram, King underscore Darius, the number one ST. So that's King underscore Darius first. I'm also on Twitter, first King underscore Darius. And um, those are the main platforms that I use. So yeah, people can definitely reach out to me via either one of those. All right. And make sure everybody check out King Darius's new single and be on the lookout for that AI song. That sounds really cool. Like I'm interested to hear what that how that comes out. Oh yeah, it's it's it's, it's definitely a roller coaster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, Malik and Vaughn, uh either one of you want to go? Uh Malik can go ahead. I go last. All righty. So um everybody can stream Malik period on all music platforms. Um, follow me at Official Malik Music on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. Uh, be on the lookout for the Malik World Music Festival 2023 uh, coming yeah. late summer this year. Um, working on some remixes and some collaborations as well. So just uh, stay tuned at MalikJohnson.com for all things me. <laughs> Y'all, Malik is busy. So he's he has a lot of stuff coming for you guys. That's That's great. So, yeah, man, y'all can follow me on Instagram at Von Excellence. Um, that's really the only social media platform I use. Um, I'm not really fond of too much social media. Same same thing with YouTube. Von Excellence on YouTube. And um, I did just drop a tape recently on all platforms called Unavailable. Um, it may not be for everybody. It's more so for my generation. But... Mm -hmm. um. I, I did do my thing on that. I, I will not lie, I did my thing on that that album. Um, it's nine tracks. Um, it's it's not really. I'm gonna be honest. It's not really a subject matter to it. It was just me, mm -hmm. you know, just doing my thing, you know, mixing it up. You know, it, it's not too many, too much trap going on. It's it's a, it's a, you know, I might get a little romantic on there too, but yeah, um, it's it's just me being me, man. Me being me. Me being a, a you know, twenty year old from Gen Z. You know, making mm -hmm. Gen Z music. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Well, as a 30 year old, like I feel like you have a great head on your shoulders and I definitely want to check out your music and I'm sure I'd appreciate it. Oh yeah. Thank you, man. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you everybody in, in this this call right now, man. A lot of wisdom in here. Most yeah. definitely, bro. You said that was Vaughn Excellence? Yes, sir. All right. All right, y'all. So yeah, this thank is you been guys. a dope conversation for sure. Yes, yes. That I walked away with so much like insight from you guys. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me today. And uh, this has been another episode of In the Mix. And I just want to say thank you to Voyage and Canvas Rebel for giving us the space to talk today. And I will catch you guys on the next episode. Yeah, right. yep. thank you. All right, thank you guys.